0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Longevity Muscle Podcast. I'm Kenny, your host, and we are back for a part two with Gregory Bremick. If you haven't checked out part one, definitely recommend that first. This is a continuation. Also, before we get right into the episode, I wanted to make a short announcement. If you haven't checked out the At Longevity Muscle YouTube channel, definitely do that. Hit subscribe. It helps grow the channel. It helps grow the show. We post video clips from this episode, previous episodes, and future episodes. So definitely check that out. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please share and tag us on all social media platforms. We will reshare. We appreciate it, as always. And without further ado, we're going to get right into the episode. Enjoy.
1: You shouldn't be looking yourself in the pictures every day. It should be maybe month to month because it, mm. it does, uh, comes so slow. And I think it can almost be like it can it can push you away if you do that almost too, too frequently. So right. yeah, progress through uh progressive overload, whether it be more reps, or if you need to drop the load and fix up the form, that's another thing too. And well, hold that.
0: Let's, let's stay on that for a second. That's big because, yeah. and I mentioned it where I said months later, I said months later, and someone might be listening to that like months later, you added a few reps. I'm like, well, yeah, man, That like this guy's advanced, right? First of yeah. all, you don't want to rush progress. Cause that's how you can, a, you can get hurt and be the, is it really progress if the reps are getting sloppier the speed is way yeah. too completely different like the tempo is just completely different obviously there's, there's going to be nuances right like unless you're tracking the time under tension really it's like okay how accurate do you want to get with this but you don't necessarily have to get that specific but let's just say the form is similar the technique is similar and you're not doing these sloppy reps months later and it's like 5 6 rep difference I mean, that's – and it's close to failure. Both were close to failure, if not to failure. I, that You could be like, that's progress,
1: right? Yeah, yeah and I do believe there's, like, overlap with a lot of those – say, for a lot of those movements are compound movements. Mm. Now, you go to those uh, accessory lifts, you're going to be quite a bit stronger. Like, you know, you get to, like, the fly machine. I, I believe that you get to the fly machine after you're doing those double, heavy dumbbell presses. You're going to be making progress there in strength, too um, or, or more repetition and all this kind of overlaps. So like I said, get stronger in all rep ranges. I believe that's a big uh, thing. And also uh, it, like get doing more repetition, or if you need to back off the weight and fix the form, that's another crucial element there. So, yeah.
0: So give us an example of when you've had to do that, where, and you've, you've felt at least because that's where we're kind of going off here, somewhat subjective, but we can use the measurements. That are objective, like you mentioned, load, reps, etc. Reps to some extent, because we just talked about it, it's like if they're getting sloppier, and there's a level of internal, I guess you could say, feel that's important. Depending on rep range, if you will, like higher reps, that might be a little bit more important than the lower reps. But let's just say that you needed to drop the load. Talk about where you've had to do that, and you've noticed oh. that, man, this is actually better.
1: Back training, especially okay. with your left. La- vertical row vertical pull downs and i would say if you're focusing on your the biasing like when you do a row and you're trying to bias the l- lumbar lat like the lumbar lat thickness yeah you're going to use some upper back but you don't want to be moving your torso at all and i do the like back in the day even even like four or five years ago i'd do cable rows and i'd be leaning forward and then coming back you don't need to be doing that if you're biasing your lats and that's exactly what i did i dropped the weight and i fixed the form in my back has made huge improvements and vertical, vertical pull downs, like if you if you're doing a vertical pro down pull downs and you're and you're leaning back and you're trying to hit your hit your lats, that's something you don't need to be doing is, you know, um doing some kind of uh extension with your back when you're doing pull downs, you just need to keep that kind of um steady and, and just worry about placement with the wrist, the elbow, uh and just driving them down to the hip instead of um coming back with the weight and just pulling back with your elbows. So yeah, I would say back training, is really important when it comes to focusing on, 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 um, um, form. So, especially when you're focused on your lats.
0: Right. Right. Like the, uh, common issue with, with that is a lot of athletes, if you will, especially lifters just getting into it will be like, Oh, I feel my biceps mostly when I do this. Right. Or they're not sure where they Are feeling it assuming again i think it i think rep range is important because if you're doing like a six to ten with good control like wicked control the pump is not going to be the same and i i use that word loosely but the contraction of like that tight contractile feeling that you're getting when you're when 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 fatigue is accumulating rep to rep it's not going to be the same as sets of 20 obviously but you should still be feeling that area like, you yeah. should still be feeling contraction in that area, right? I think if you're not feeling contraction in the area, it's like, what's going on here, right? <laughs> to some yeah, extent. Yeah, you,
1: you always want to have, like, it. there's, like, especially when you get older and, and the longer you've been training, you, there's, like, this internal, uh, I don't know, meditation going on with this connection between you, the weight, and the muscle that you're trying to train. And if you, you know, if you, if you meditate too hard on the muscle you're trying to yeah. train thinking about the weight then you do kind of build up this like central nervous uh overload and you're just like oh you can't do as many reps so you there's a balancing act right yes um yeah there's a balancing act especially when you're going you're trying to overload the muscle with higher reps like 12 to 20 and like you're just like oh you know like yeah it's it's
0: hard it's crazy but that's an that's an important thing you brought up though i like that because you don't want to go on what too far on one end of the extreme for sure yeah, And I think it, and know where you're applying that technique. Like, is it for higher reps or is it for lower reps or is it for a few reps, but you're purposefully slowing the rep down for whatever purpose, whatever the goal might be. Cause I think yeah. the reps thing is it's arbitrary to the tempo, right? Like it's, a, or sorry, it's relative to the tempo, right? Um, cause you could take, I don't know, a set of five and just slow the thing down to an extreme, not saying that's optimal for growth, but. I think it's valuable yeah. to mention, right? Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that slowing down reps, excessively slow reps is optimal. Cause I don't, I don't think it is. I yeah. think, uh, what do you think about that?
1: I mean, all right. So like, for instance, there's some chest pressing exercises that I do four sets, like every set's not the failure. Um, And if I'm doing four, four sets, I'm not going to be going super slow time on our every set. Like that would You're just right. fat- fatigue your muscles way too soon. And that's so the whole like, workout. <laughs> yeah. So I do like, a, it's like a speed that's kind of in between, you know, and if it's a lighter weight and it's like a four set, uh, maybe I'll go time under tension, but yeah, I don't believe in this super slow tempo thing. Um, maybe if it's a blood volume day and the, the light, the load is light enough and it's just like, you know, it's not, I'm just trying to get my essential nervous system, uh, Uh, a little bit of a break i'll do that but i don't know i'm i'm not like a huge on super slow time or tension. i just believe in controlling the weight you can know when you're controlling the weight too you can feel it internally um so and you know if you don't if you don't know if you're controlling the weight videotape yourself i always videotape myself on exercise i want to know if i'm controlling it. i can look back and be like yeah i I feel like it was controlling it looks like so yeah Um, yeah, time under tension thing, like things like that, they're tools, but they're not, they're not like needed. I don't believe to make progress. So,
0: yeah. Great, great points. And I just want to make this super clear when we, when we're, when we're talking about time under tension, we're talking about tracking time under tension relative to slowing things down excessively beyond a point where maybe it's necessary, because I think obviously it's happening, right? The time, time under tension is there regardless if you're tracking it. I I think it's important because, yeah, when you're doing an exercise, time is you're doing an exercise, it's time under tension, like whether it's 30 seconds, a minute, two minutes. But I think that that term is used relative to are you slowing things down to maybe an extreme, right? So I I wanted to make sure that that point's clear to anybody who reaches out because I've gotten interesting comments about things like this when, when they're brought up on the podcast. So especially the time under tension thing. So what I do want to mention, cause I want to go back for a second and talk about your, when you mentioned dropping the load, right? Like, I think that's, it's important to note because we didn't touch on this. Once you've dropped it, you are, your goal is to slowly climb that back up again. Like you're not, you're not yeah. cl- trying to drop it further, further and further. That's not necessarily the uh, direction you're going. Correct.
1: And and as you lose leverages, like usually every ten pounds, it's like if you can stick at the weight you were ten pounds before, it's like even the repetitions, I think that's a win. Like if you're one seventy and you're still doing the same weight you were when you were nine one ninety, I think that's good, right?
0: Hmm. Uh, well, if you're dieting,
1: you mean. Yeah, when you're dieting, especially oh, okay. you're deficit, gotcha you know? like in a deficit, that's that's a win, right? I, I, and um I don't know about you, but like when I get like super lean, like I'm definitely not hitting PRs. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like dropping my pressing goes down significantly. My squatting does. I don't know how some of these guys are making PRs, Um, but I'm just just trying to hold on to what I had, you know. So right. it's not it's not always about going to the gym and beating numbers. It's kind of just going to the gym and doing the best you can to maintain, and even though that kind of sucks. But it is what it is in the game of getting stage and lead. So.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I I do think that a lot of, especially natural, because of of course we're talking about natural bodybuilding here, but where it's, people like to fixate on the loads a lot. Um, And obviously, yeah, and I think it's very, there's an ego thing that's involved with that, of course, because, right? And I'm not sure if it's as, it's important, because obviously we don't want to be getting, we don't want to be lifting lighter over time. And like in that, we don't want to be going in that direction chronically. Let's just say, right? Like, I want to, I want to see the numbers going up over time, right? The trend at least. But I do think that there's a bit of ego involved with wanting to just constantly have that be the case, even while dieting, which can, like you said, cause more probably more problems than not. Right, and I think it's relative. If you're if you're like you said, if you're 180 starting your diet and then you're in the 160s now and maybe your pressing strength dropped as far as the loads you're using in, in your hands, is it really, you're getting, are you actually getting weaker or you might actually be getting stronger relative to your new weight, right? Yeah. 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 You might. And and when you start getting that lead and you're
1: getting close to the stage, you have to kind of flip a switch and be like, all right, I need to focus more on, let's say my posing and managing stress, than going into the gym and breaking PRs like you should be going to the gym working to maintain that muscle but you don't have to go out to the gym and try to like break a deadlift pr you know you got to be focusing on on your posing and presentation and managing stress because you're in the gym and you're getting injured because you're trying to deadlift or squat or press uh, uh, some some kind of crazy weight at that low percent body fat Uh, i don't think that's going to make The stage, like when you get to the stage, you're not going to have a great look. Like when you're in the off season, you got plenty of fat on you, that's fine. But you know, when you're getting close to the stage, I don't think that's going to, the end product isn't going to be there. Right. So,
0: right. No, that's a great point. And let's touch on this because we didn't. You're, you're, the actual amount of volume you're doing, like how many sets are you doing on average per exercise? And I know it's different from one week to the next, but let's just, Pick an example of week one and then week two.
1: All right. So for like, say for a chest, my chest day, my chest and tricep day, um, I'll have three ch- pressing movements. And for me, I'm just always trying to focus more on my upper chest. So for for a, a mid chest movement or a flat movement, I always I always usually just do three working sets. And for my two upper chest movements, is four working sets. So at the right there, that's about eight, nine to 11, 11, sets, but I don't take every set to failure. Okay? okay. It's like, it's like my first set will be three to four reps in reserve. Okay. And then my second set will be maybe two reps to reserve. And then, and then my, my third set will be, you know, all out. Okay. okay. And then my fourth set will also then just be like a, a back off set. Um, or back off and I do more reps and that'll be also to failure. So um, I do play around with kind of reverse pyramid scheme right there, but that's just like instinctual. So my instinctual trading kind of comes in with, um, like what set on that exercise is going to be, uh, taking the failure on the sequence of, uh, of, of those sets on that exercise. So yeah,
0: um, that's so how it might, I work. So it might be the first set. It might be the last set. It just depends yeah. on how you're feeling that day, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I always do warm ups. I don't overdo warm ups either. Like, you know, I'll do warm ups, but I'm also like, um, I'm not going like 20 reps every 10 pounds of warm ups. Right. Um, I, believe, I believe in building up. So you kind of have to be primed, but you don't want to, you know, fatigue. Throw it all up. fatigue yourself. Yeah. So, like, so it's, you know, so that's 11 sets there. And I do a five minute four sets so that's that's like 15 sets for chess it's a lot of that's a lot of sets but like i said it's only like out of each of those exercises maybe it's a set of two to failure
0: Um, right so it's like six sets to failure basically and 15 total working sets in terms of like challenge like you're you're close to failure on all of them but six of them are actually you're you're going to the house or trying to at least yes
1: yes and like I've seen some of these guys go to failure and like they go pretty freaking hard. Like if I were to go to that hard, maybe I wouldn't be able to do as much volume, but I, I do, I do this the way I do it. And I believe that this benefits me, especially with my Lyme disease, man. Like I do go hard enough, but like if I were to be honest, like maybe I could get a more extra rep here or there, but it's like, it's like, uh, I don't know. I might be, I might be dead for a week or two after that.
0: Well, it's yeah, it's specific to your situation. A, but also B, is it ness? Is it really necessary? Like, is that because you're okay? You're definitely making up for it. I mean, you're doing fifteen sets a week. We'll say, yeah, yeah, for a given body part, right? Is that extra rep really the make it rep? Like, is it the one? Is that the one that's gonna give you all the growth? That one extra rep? Come on, man. I just don't buy. Like, I don't. I don't. I don't buy it personally. I don't buy that. That one rep is the one that's turning on that growth mechanism logically speaking i just i can't see that that's the one rep that trumps all the other reps you've done you know that's the most important one i don't know i think they're all important to some extent obviously they're 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 the last few are definitely the ones contributing to growth but last few you know there's 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 a there's an accumulation of reps that are fatiguing near the end so i don't i don't think it's just that one rep it's like maybe it's like the last four maybe the last three or four you know
1: yeah, don't get me wrong, like I said, exercise, selection, intensity. I think those are the two most important things. And I believe in taking yourself to failure, but uh, if you take yourself too far to failure, you're gonna you're gonna be so fatigued, not only the rest of the workout, but maybe the next day. And you're not gonna be able to have a productive workout then. Like there comes True. a certain point where you gotta be smart about it, especially, you know, later in the game. So um yeah, train hard, but be smart about it, you know. So.
0: Who are you? Who are you thinking about? Because you're like I, I watch some of these guys, and I'm like, man. Because I have some guys in mind, and I'm like, I'm not going. I'm like they, especially with the loads too. Like and the exercise selection, it's just it's uh it's next next level crazy in my mind. But
1: I can say anything because I I believe what they're doing works for them. But like say for instance, somebody will deadlift four reps, and it looks like they're they're dead. But then the rest of the workout, the back workout. It looks like every exercise they had like four or five reps in reserve. So it's like you're doing you're doing a deadlift to failure, but you're not doing your row, which is probably a good like rows. In my opinion, are the bread and butter for good back. Like I build a I build my back up with rows, variations of rows over deadlifts. Like stick to rows. You know, deadlifts are good for that density and that thickness, but. If you're not putting that intensity in rows and you're just burning yourself out with just that one set of deadlifting, I don't think that's very productive. Um, you deadlift? I'm, I'm, yeah. What's that? Do you deadlift specifically? Yeah, I deadlift, but I I usually do a working set and it's nothing like I don't go below six reps on my deadlift. I usually go six to ten and I do a back off set of like eight to ten. Okay. Um, and and maybe I'll do one of those sets, the failure. But I don't take myself all all and I do take myself all the failure. And before that day is always a refeed day and off day. So I, I'm able to get some productive training in after deadlifts too. Um so yeah, I do deadlift, but like it's nothing like I don't go I don't go like to complete failure in deadlifts, maybe once every like three or four months in the off season you know, the complete complete failure. Right. That's just, you know, I usually stick in the 6 to 10 rep range and I maybe have like one or two reps reserved. I just focus more on keeping my uh intensity up and my momentum up so I have the energy for the rest of the workout too, you know, so yeah.
0: Well, I think you have a combination of applying both principles uh, or just applying training to failure and having a sufficient amount of volume that makes sense as far as muscle yeah. growth is concerned. But I do think that a lot of people get so hung up on wanting to choose a one side, you know, like I want to make, I want to mention this. Cause we were talking about this briefly. It's it's so important. I think uh, Jeff Alberts who, I'm, who you're familiar with. I'm sure he brought this up where it's like, okay, what's more optimal as far as growth is concerned. And again, this is general, but you know, three sets with a, one or two reps in reserve or one set all the way to failure. Well, first off a, the one set, all the way to failure for it better be all the way to failure if you're only doing one set or else you're not really going to get much i think growth potential out of that set right but that's a hard thing like which one is going to be more optimal (laughs) you know what i mean it's like why not maybe combine it those those basically combine both ends of the extreme and kind of find a happy middle i think is found to be a sustainable and be what a lot of the pros are actually doing like a yeah, lot of yeah. the high, top level pro- like what you're mentioning now that seems to be what you're doing where you're yeah, you're, you're yeah. yeah you're you're employing uh or trying to apply uh, training to failure like okay we're going to we're going to make sure we at least take some of these sets to failure and we're going to also make sure we're doing enough sets here but not so much where I'm on the arnold schwarzenegger side of this extremely high volume type training right yeah, Or this one or, or this, like, let me destroy my nervous system in one set kind of thing, right? Like, yeah. orientates, you, uh, advocating. Yeah.
1: If you're younger, like, under the age of 30, you know, you, I think training a failure is important. You just gotta, you just gotta get, go there. But like I said, you're over the age of 30, you've been, you've been bodybuilding or lifting for a long time. You've been through the process of dieting and building. Um, I think, I think you should kind of change up your, your training a little bit. That's just, that's just my opinion.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, but, fair. So yeah, no, absolutely. And that's what it is. We're we're talking about what you do specifically, right? I just get yeah. kind of passionate about this topic. And I know you listened to it because you mentioned you've listened to a bunch of the episodes. This kind of comes up quite a bit, but I like to get different I like to get your opinion on it, right? That's why I wanted to bring it up because it seems to be that majority, I'll say majority of the top level pros are doing kind of what you mentioned. Let's take one or two sets. We'll try to go to it. But we're not going to be so obsessed with could I have gotten one more and then your whole day's ruined because you only yeah. did because you only did one set. Like, yeah, it, it, obviously, if you're only doing one set, it's going to just it's probably going to destroy your whole um, psychology or your mindset if you think that maybe you could have done one more versus, hey, Greg, you're doing three or four sets. I'm not so worried about it. I, I got enough stimulus here, you know,
1: like and also like for compound movements like deadlifts, I don't do like like a ton of sets. I only do two sets. Right. And for like for like squats, I'll do two, like three sets at the most. But for like leg press and like, you know, curls and stuff like that. Um and machine presses, I'll go up to three or four sets. It's just like those those main compound lifts, I don't think you need to do a ton of sets. Like you'll burn out, you know.
0: So yeah. No, I, I I've similar, similar like even dumbbell presses for me, which is quite yeah. fatiguing. But No, I mean like, what if you only had one set, like, and you're like, like, man, did I, did I get, did I go all the way to failure? That would probably throw that threw me off for a while when I tried this whole one set to failure thing. It's a personality thing too, right? So,
1: yeah, I think two sets is like minimum, you know, like maybe maybe heavy set and a back off, but I don't know, I could never do one set.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's what I mean, mean, right? I think there's a bit of a psychological component. Even when you watch like Dorian H train, I mean that guy. if you're doing it like that, then maybe one set could potentially be sufficient, like one actual all out working set. But even then yeah. it's like, it's uh yeah, it's up for debate. Um, what I want to talk about here to transition, because we dove into the training. Nice. Um, unless you had any other things you wanted to touch on before we uh, transition here?
1: No, I think, I think training, it just, just, like I said, as long as you're sticking to something and consistent with it, you're going to make progress, you know, whether you think it's optimal or not is up for debate, but. Yeah, just stick to it and be consistent with it.
0: That makes sense. And um let's uh, transition here. Let's talk about so you you mentioned you're getting ready for contest, right? Like you're yeah.
1: Let's yeah, so, uh, talk
0: let's talk about that.
1: Yeah, so I I just I just started dying a little bit ago and um we're looking at some sh- we're looking at some shows uh but we're just kind of taking it um you know week to week, month to month. But I'm looking to about 35 to 40 weeks of dieting before i kind of get into my first show uh so plenty of time to diet if i need to maybe a a diet break here and there but um so i i have to so i was i was a wmdf pro but a couple years ago i just didn't i didn't reply for i didn't re we reacquire my pro card um through the process of it so i do have to uh, um get my pro status again in the organization um, I'm looking into quite possibly doing it through the OCB. Um, and we're looking at doing the, uh, an OCB show and qualifying for the 2023 Yorick Cup World Championships. So those are the two main shows we have, um, kind of lined up now. There are some shows, other shows that we are looking at possibly doing, um, IPE Worlds too, which would be kind of cool. So those are two shows that, I'm really excited to um, dip into. Uh, I know that already. The Jordan Cup. There are some some noise out there that some former world champions are going to be competing. Uh, I think I'm not going to uh, go out there and say say that this person is competing, but I think Mieshaq has already put his his hand in the the mix there. It's so crazy. To yeah, to go against a guy like Meshach, you know, these, these guys are like goats in the sports, like some of the greatest of all time would just be an honor. So, yeah, I'm just excited, man. I am just I just love the process of dining down and seeing the changes and embracing that. The stage is always awesome, but uh, I think the process is always greater than the end result for me, so.
0: No, yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting to see for sure. Meshach yeah. is in a... Camp of his own as far as uh what he's doing yeah. right now, right? So that'll be really cool. And are you looking to compete? I, I missed this, but was it WMBF Worlds as well?
1: You know, I was interested in the WF Worlds, but you know, I think the WMBF likes to see you compete in their organization um quite frequently. That's at least what I've heard of. You know, they like to see you appear on their shows like every year, every other year. And I don't compete that frequently. Uh, If I want to place well, I want to be fairly judged. So let's just say that the WF is probably an organization I'm not really looking into. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's going to be more so maybe the OCB, IPE, things of that nature, maybe USPF. So, yeah.
0: So that must be as of late because you competed at the WMBF for the first time back in 2000 there sorry you competed at the WMBF for the first time back in 2009 and you placed very well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that was yeah, that was a, that was a natural I mean an amateur organization and back in 2009 uh, you know I really didn't know too much about it. The the show was only about an hour away from my house. So okay. it was kind of an, a, a local show, but now I'm kind of I'm kind of in the mindset of, of, you know, I, I'm very confident in my physique. And if I, if I maintain the muscle and fullness and get that shredded look, I I know that I believe that I can, I think I can, I can step on stage with the best in them, you know, and I really want to be compared to some of these guys that I can say that, you know, I was up on stage and I, I pushed some of these guys. And that's, that's all I can ask for is to be on stage. But uh, you know, some of the greatest of all time, like, you know, Shaq and, all these other guys and um, break it down.
0: Yeah. Break down your top, uh, top five. Oh, I I
1: think, I think Meshack is competing. I'm not going to say Levi, Levi Berg. I think he's going to be competing next year too. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he's been um, liking the 2023 York cup stuff. And I think his hashtags have been out there. Like I'm always on social media just for the hell of it. And, um, I think he might be competing too. So if I can just get on stage with the best of them, like I'm, I'm, I'm competing. You always want to compete to win, but just to have a look against, against the two, two of those guys. And they're like, you know, some of the greatest ever, ever. So, um, you know, that'd be, that'd be awesome to step on stage with them and, uh, just meet them and, and be compared with them. That'd be great. So, um, yeah, but like I said, I'm just. I just love, love bodybuilding because the process, you know. The end result's great. Segment stage is great, but for me, I'm just 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 enjoying the process, you know. So, yeah.
0: For sure. Who inspired you to wanna compete?
1: I think I think it was back in the day. I think I saw Lane Norton's uh inside the the life of a natural bodybuilder. <laughs> like back in the day, I think that's like my tr- my first inspiration, but now it's just like seeing these guys um these pros now that are just taking it to the next level. Um, some of these newer guys, and some of their training. Like, I go out there, and I love posting training videos because I love watching training videos, especially some of these guys that um, aren't some of the guys that aren't truly as genetically gifted as others, but push themselves in the gym and get to that that level of conditioning that they're able to um, compete at in the best that they could and at the level that they can. So, yeah, that just inspires me every day. Um so yeah, I would say I like competing is something that I really want to do, but to be honest, I'm I'm always inspired to go to the gym and, and just have a blast over competing. That's just that's just for me, but um getting on stage and being a bodybuilder is just a secondary uh, I guess benefit
0: of that. Right, right. Where where are you located by the way? Oh, I'm located in Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Oh, okay. Right on. How's the gym scene there?
1: Oh, uh, it's pretty good. You know, the gym I actually go to is fortunately, it's like in a, like a semi rural town, but it's like all blue collar workers. And it's probably one of the best gyms I've ever been to. It's like wow. so cool. Yeah, it's called everybody's gym. And they have such good gym equipment. People that go there are great. The guy that owns a gym was actually a competitor of natural bodybuilding. and competed for years. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's the scene that I'm into. And um, yeah. I just I, I love that gym and the area is just great. So,
0: that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to ask you what's your stage weight.
1: Okay, so last time I competed, it's like, that was like 15 years ago. I was like 153, and okay. I probably need, I probably need about to be about 150 to be shredded. So I'm hoping that you know 15 years of lifting, well 13 years because I was I was sick for a little bit. 13 years of lifting, I'm hoping to be closer to 160, like peeled, you know. One fifty eight, one fifty eight, one sixty, right. around there, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm about, I'm about five foot five, so I'm pretty short, so about one sixty, probably, you know, is what I'm hoping for. You know, that's possible. I think seven to ten pounds in thirteen, fifteen years, you know,
0: absolutely, yeah, yeah, that's incredible because there's guys walking around at five nine, that yeah. come in at at one sixty, um, on stage like at the pro level, so that's that's impressive, man.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. If it
0: happens, even if it's one, even if it's high one fifties, that's still like next level.
1: Oh yeah. I'm not really worried too much about the weight. I think it's the look for me. Like as long as for I, sure. can, as long as I can maintain the, the the fullness and density um, and that, and that kind of wither away um, and just come in that condition, like it, it, in the pro stage, it's, it's not good enough to be super lean. You know, you right. have to be full too. Like, like being lean is nothing without fullness, but, being full is nothing without being clean. You have to have both uh, uh, kind of in, in in your pocket to be competitive at, at the world level. So um, yeah, at that next level, it's just kind of like, you have to have both. Yeah. so
0: That'll be interesting to see. And yeah, it's definitely uh, just to highlight what you said there, it's about more than just the weight of for sure. Absolutely. Like yeah. It, it, symmetry. Yeah. P- proportion, definitely- all that.
1: Like a look. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Well, why or what? Because you are someone who's endured some obstacles might be an understatement. But as far as longevity is concerned, what do you think is so important to maintain a certain level of endurance? Like you have discipline. But I want you to chime in here because I think you can give some valuable wisdom, inspiration, experience on this matter, but certain level of, or a certain amount of longevity in order to, yeah, progress past these situations that you have.
1: Uh, I think what it it comes down to as as an obstacle in your way is I was saying before this, and I said it in a podcast, is when you come down to something that is troubling you or you can't get past something, and you have to start over again, you do have to take it, like I said, second to second, minute to minute, hour to hour, um, day to day, week to week, year to year. And then like I said, it, it builds up and you just can kind of look back and be like, Wow, I I did make some some of those changes. And even though they start off somewhere small, uh it it actually became something great at the end. So that's kind of like what I can actually tell to you is that if you have to start over again, that's fine. But just just build upon that, and just to make sure to kind of look back and, and realize what you went through and what you have become in, in that present moment.
0: Oh, absolutely amazing! And any other final words before we uh, wrap this up, Greg?
1: No, I'm just you know I'm I'm very honored and privileged to uh, be on this podcast. I think what you're doing here is great and. Um, I'm just, um, you know, I'm just happy to be part of this community. So thanks for having me on, man.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. And, uh, folks, I did not pay Greg to, uh, say that just so uh, we're clear here, (laughs) but, uh, no, thank you, man. I honestly, I appreciate it. I'm sure the listeners really enjoyed it and I'm sure this will help in many ways especially those who might be going through something right now. Right. So thanks so much again for taking the time. And if the listeners want to get in touch with you, they have a question up from the episode perhaps, or just in general, because you're also a trainer, right? So yeah. where can they find you? What's the best place?
1: Well, just shoot, shoot me a personal message on my Instagram. It's a uh, Gregory D. Bremick. Um, You can find me there. First name, Gregory, middle name, Daniel D. Uh, Bremick's my last name. And yeah. Shoot me a personal message. I'll get back to you. I usually check Instagram pretty frequently.
0: So awesome. And are you, cause you're a trainer, is it just in person or are you also doing online?
1: Um, actually right now my real, I don't, I don't I'm not doing full-time training. I just do it part-time and I, I do help some people online, but right now I do have a job with, uh, through my family, my family owns a couple of businesses. And that's what I do. Um, but on the side, I do do personal training. I helps people out. So.
0: Okay, good to know. Good to know. And so folks, I'm going to make sure I link that in the description box. So be sure to check that out. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out the at longevity muscle YouTube channel where you can subscribe because we're going to post videos not only from this episode, past episodes, future episodes. So if you want to stay in the loop, go check that out. That's at longevity muscle on YouTube. Also, if you enjoyed the episode, be sure to share and tag us on all social media platforms specifically Instagram once again we'll link the we'll put the links in the description box thank you once again appreciate you all and until next time